Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Bonjour à tous. It's another day to change the world, and I'm pretty excited to share this Friday with you. Today's guest is bilingual author of two children's books, Catch That Cat and Trip to Greece. And if any of you have listened to me over the past four and a half years that I've been doing this podcast, you know that communicating across cultures is my favorite thing to do, my favorite topic to discuss. And I was so excited to have Melina Malice here because she's a Greek-Australian children's author who is on a mission to empower children to connect with their community and their cultural background. She also encourages children to learn and gather greater insight into the world that we live in. And she enables adults to engage in conversations with children so that they can form deeper personal connections. In addition to all this, she also does amazing stuff with organization to encourage, you know, multicultural communities. So love the conversation. It's something I feel like we need in today's world. And I, I really hope you enjoy the episode. I hope you're able to take some moments to uh, catch what her insights were. And I hope you're able to share the episode. Love you all. Thank you for sticking with me. Enjoy. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's episode is with Melina Mallow. She's a children's multicultural educator, a consultant, and an author. Having moved from her birthplace in Greece to Australia at the age of six, Melina is passionate about helping other children understand and appreciate their home cultural heritage and that of others. A trained early child educator, Melina is actively involved in the juvenile cultural education sphere in Brisbane's thriving Greek community. Welcome to the show, Melina. Thank you, Tayo. It's really great to be here. Pleasure is mine. One of my favorite places in the world is is indeed Greece and, and Santorini is my favorite island um, that I've ever been to. I, I remember I fell in love with it once I got there for a college trip and I, and I haven't... Um, I haven't uh, lost my love for it. I often said that that's where I want to do my honeymoon whenever I get married. So uh, I'm just curious, what was Greece like? Do you, I know you left when you were six, but do you ever go back? Um, yeah, what's the, what's the story with Greece? Yeah, I'll, look, I do go back quite regularly. Um, I've been very fortunate that my uh, father inherited his uh, father's house on an island called Kithira. Mm. And... Um, Kithira is a bit of a, a mecca for Greek Australians. They've, a lot of them have inherited property, and so they tend to to visit the island. Um, usually in August, there's sort of an influx 
of uh, Greek Australians that come, as well as a lot of uh, Greeks from Athens who, you know, have their holiday home on Kithira. So um, I do usually go in the summer, um, which is winter in Australia, so it's nice to escape the winter as well. And it's also a lovely time to reconnect with others that you, you've met over the years that, that also come at the same time uh, to visit the island. But, yeah, Santorini is just, uh, I, I know what you mean. It's in Greece, particularly the islands, it's the, um, there's something in the air. It's the food, the hospitality of the people, uh, the beautiful beaches, and um, it's just a complete uh, different lifestyle to, to what I'm used to in Australia. So I do love escaping to Greece when, whenever I have the opportunity. Yeah, oh, wow. No, that's that's fascinating to me. And I, yeah, I got that much when I was when I was in, in Greece, and I only stayed there for about a couple of weeks. So I can only imagine, you know, um, more of what, you, what you're saying. I'm curious though. You said you moved from your birthplace of Greece to Australia at the age of six. What was the reason for that move? Uh, probably um, a personal reason, um, more so from um, my father. My parents have an interesting um, story. They both were born in Australia, um, but when my father was um, two years old, his his mother uh, put an ultimatum to my uh, grandfather and said, "Look, I can't um, I can't live in this country town in Australia anymore. I, I need to connect with other Greek people. Uh, we either move to Sydney, where there's a lot more." Uh, Greek speakers there, or we moved back to Greece. So his father decided to, to move the family back to Greece. So my father was the only sibling that was born in Australia. And um, whilst my mother, she grew up, she was born and grew up in Australia to first-generation um, Greek immigrants. And it wasn't until she went on her first holiday uh, to Greece with her parents at the age of 30, that she met my father on Kithira, the mm. island, and decided to stay. And so my brother and I were both born in Greece, and it wasn't until um, I was six that my um, father decided Australia would be a, a, a better future for for the family in terms of um, education. And um, so we... so. We de- uh, he decided to um, for us all to move to Australia. Wow! Wow! Um, huh? It, no, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. But I'm curious. So, when you said when you decided to move to Australia, then do you have any early memories of leaving? Um, I I remember some things. I rem- I remember the the street we used to live on, um, family in Greece and. Um, probably the the playground we used to frequent. Mm. Uh, but it's funny, um, the street we lived on, I used to always have this uh, image of it as being a really wide street. Um, and when I went back to visit, visit about, um, I think I was in my 20s, it was, it was just so small and so narrow. So the, the perspective I had as a child, um, I, I had always sort of kept in my mind and um, – yeah, it was very different in reality. 
Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So, wow. So now you're, now you're in Australia and you have, you know, this Greek heritage. What did you do to learn how to connect with your cultural heritage? And was it difficult for you to transition into the Australian lifestyle? There were some um, cultural differences. Uh, I mentioned earlier the lifestyle in Greece is very different to Australia. And um, where I was born in Athens and grew up in a unit complex, an apartment, um, a small apartment. So there was no, um, in terms of sport or um, sort of those gross motor skills, I didn't really have a very good grasp of. Mm. I remember the sports carnival in my, when I, my first year of school, I, I couldn't, I had to actually learn how to run because I, I hadn't um, run in wide open spaces in, in Greece. And so there were a few things, and obviously the language, but I, I think I picked up the cues that, you know, I, that to speak English at school and then to speak Greek at home. Um, so, and I was fortunate that my mother had done some, um, what is known as correspondence schooling where, from Australia, she'd received packages of educational materials, and so I had at least had a bit of a grasp of English before I, I went to school in Australia. So that helped a, a lot, um, that language acquisition. Wow, wow. And the reason why I'm asking this, because um, I know you know about my background. I moved around a lot as a kid as well. And I remember, you know, being 10 years old, Skinny Nigerian kid with thick Nigerian accent, French-speaking country, American in national school, going through puberty. And, I, I you know, the, the idea of culture heritage was something that I was always interested in because I was, you know, when you grow up the way I did, my parents would always remind me that, you know, you don't lose your Nigerian um, heritage no matter where you go. So we would be we were taught the history and everything. We were, we would always read all the textbooks. I'm thinking today with globalization and kids, because you're you know, you're, you're, um, you're a children's multicultural educator. Do you feel like um, that same emphasis has been placed or do you feel like um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done to make sure our children understand their culture, heritage, and know how to be multicultural? Yeah, look, I think uh, America is very similar to Australia in that it is a multicultural um, sort of community and um of people and there are benefits and there are downsides as well. I think um, one of the downsides is that you, you can um, lose part of your connection to your heritage. And I think this is where travel, if you have the opportunity um, to, to do that and go back and reconnect with the country of origin is really uh, one of the best ways to, to maintain that, cultural connection um another i think now with with the internet you have that opportunity via skype or um via other online communities such as facebook um and video and um to be able to to um sort of tie in aspects of your interest to to your particular cultural background um but Living in a multicultural um, environment can sometimes, um, I guess, it, it, you, there are many cultures living together and that's where the different beliefs and values can come in. 
So it's important to, I believe, look for the similarities to be able to connect with people mm. because all cultures do have some similarities. You know, usually it's that love of family, um, being able to express oneself through dance, through food, through dress. Um, and I think it's respecting those, um, those similarities and, the, and the, an appreciation of that, um, um, that person's background and, and, um, and finding shared values. I think that's, that's, that's key to, to, to really, um, embracing one another and, and respecting one another. Um, in Greece, you know, it, most people have the same religion, same, um, they celebrate the same, uh, public holidays. They, um, there's a, there's a sort of a mutual understanding, um, that's, you know, not stated, but it's just inherited and understood. And I think that's, that's, also changing now in Greece with um, the inf- an influx of immigrants from um, Syria and other neighbouring countries. So it will be interesting to see how that, that changes that, that, that whole makeup and um, attitude of that country in years to come. Yeah. No, I mean, you're so right, first of all. I mean, and the reason why I brought that up is not only because of your work, We've had an interest in two years in the last, uh, in the world, basically, you know, whether it's here in America or different parts of the world with different types of regimes coming in there. And there tends to be a, a certain sentiment towards immigration. And I'm always curious, as someone who works with kids, if you, you see, you notice the effect early on, or if you um, have advice on how parents can raise their kids, because sometimes some parents say, I'm just not going to teach you a little bit about, you know, your culture so you don't look conspicuous and become a target mm-hmm. right and yeah. so you know i'm just i i know you get to see a lot of this more than i do or you've observed that you study this more um how would you approach that dilemma you know where they they want their, they uh, the, the good intentions is they want their kids to live a normal quote-unquote normal life but in the long run the kid probably loses heritage mm. yeah this is um the role of the parents is key in um how connected a child feels uh, to their cultural heritage. And it's really the, the priority of the parents. Um, what I see um, from the people I speak to, it's if it's a priority of the parents, then it's usually um, something that that's instilled in the child and that the child feels more, more um, comfortable and connected to. Um, with, with parenting, you know, there's, and usually schooling, there's so many commitments in the, in the family calendar uh, that sometimes uh, those cultural activities like perhaps learning a traditional dance or learning a language or, um, or going to community events, sometimes it's put on the back burner in, um, in the preference of the child um, making sure that they are attending academic um, extracurricular activities or sporting commitments, so the sort of the school calendar sometimes drives the parents' um, agendas. But what I see is that um, a lot of um, adults sort of regret not having learnt Greek, say, when they were younger because it's a lot more difficult as an adult to, to find the time to learn the language um, as well as... Um, if they're not part of uh, a cultural community, it's it's harder for them to get 
back into that community as they get older because they don't feel a sense of belonging or the, or making friends or connections is a li- little bit more difficult. So I think starting at a young age is really important. It, um, one of the criticisms I hear sometimes from parents is that, you know, if I take them to learn Greek, the standard of teaching isn't that high and um, it's not really – and also we live in a country where English is the first language, so I don't see a need for it. Um, it's not so much the learning of the language I think that's important. It's more the, the friendships that those kids will make with other children of a similar cultural background and um, – I think that's important because then that's building a sense of who I am. I belong to a community of like-minded people and it's a community I can go to for support in, and um, and feel a sense of um, connection. So I, I think it's, um, it's really important to start young and to um, enrich your life in that way and not see it as something that will make you um, not a point of difference um, in that respect. Um, you need others with similar experiences to have your back, and can, um, and when times are tough, if you do encounter any difficulties, whether it's in the workplace, you have someone to go and talk to um, who may also have similar experiences to uh, what you've got gone through. Yeah, wow. First of all, did anyone ever tell you that you were a legend, Melina? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, if no one has done it, I'm doing the world a service right now to say this because this is so important, right? I, I'm not the, I'm the kid that you're talking about. <laughs> that, that was this that had to sort of be this chameleon all, all the time, and I was acutely aware of the different cultures I was always living in. And yeah. sometimes you do the outside pressures or whatever, you almost feel inferior or like a hidden immigrant in your own country. If you come back and like, because you have to overcompensate, look, I, they, they, they think I sound different, but I have to know more. And then I come here, I'm like, no, nah, I have to be more Nigerian because they're saying bad stuff in my country. And it's just this yo-yo dance that you have. And Luckily, um, I, I've, I've, I had the, the nerd gene and I was always a reader and I, I, I and I'm an, I'm an educator by, by trade and, and, um, all that. But I do have a lot of friends who express the same regret. You know, they, they, they have the name, they have the, the, the passport, the dual passport, the dual citizenship, but they do regret the fact that their parents didn't stress to them that they should pick up something, learn to dance, do that. And, you know, I've seen how it's caused interesting relationships. And I hear the parents say that because they didn't, you know, it's sometimes, you know, parents just say, I just wanted you to focus on this. I didn't want you to stand out too much. And I'm a proponent of standing out, even though it's, uh, it's difficult initially. But I think that has been the biggest indicator and propeller to do to what I do today. You know, I say you use your difference to make a difference all the time. That's my mission statement. And yeah. I'm so curious how we can teach the youth the importance of standing out as opposed to fitting in? Mm. Well, look, I think you you stand out by shining through your, your strengths and through what it is that's unique about you and makes you. Because when you feel good in your own skin 
and feel um, proud of who you are, that shows, I believe. It shows that you're, you know, you're a person who knows what they're about um, and is is proud to to be different. Um, and and I think that you know that takes it's a, it's a lifelong journey to get to that point. Uh, particularly if there are challenges in, you know, political environments or ideologies that, that come through. It's something that you you have to be s- strong within yourself. And this is where I think the role of being strong in your community and cultural background um, helps with that building of that strength. I think there's there's strength in volume of people coming together with shared beliefs um, but it has to be for a good purpose and a good reason. Um, we have seen it how that can come, that can cause um, negativity in other ways. But I think if you're, um, you, it, it takes a lot of soul searching. And I think as a child, you don't quite have that um, quite equipped with that. But it's when you become an adult and look back at key milestones that key experiences that helped shape who you are um, that and that's why it's important as, as adults of, of um, or parents of children to know that you have a, such an important role to play in how you um, in the attitudes that you share with children and um, and how to be accepting of, of of yourself as well as others um, and all cultures, I believe, have a good of a sense of what's right and what's wrong. Um, and it's in the inner goodness of people that we need to um, appeal to and cultivate, um, I think, more, um, particularly now um, where, you know, there, there are differences um, in in religions um, and opinions that um, are, in, are really could have infiltrating the, the fabric of society and having some adverse effects on um, on people and consequences. Mm. Yeah, no, that's so that's so important, and I love I love that you're doing that. Why can you walk me back to when you decided? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Rather, when you knew that this was your, your life's work. Well, you, you mentioned an interesting point earlier about the dance, and I think the dance never ends because um, I know with with me, for example, so many times I've been asked the question, would you move back and live in Greece full time? And 
you know, it's a question that I, I always have to re, you know, rethink, um, and sort of, uh, s- agree with myself. Okay. Is this the right decision that I'm, I'm actually saying that I probably wouldn't move back to Greece and live full time? Um, you know, Australia has given me so many opportunities that I, I'm unsure whether I would have in Greece. And there's a sense of loyalty to Australia. Um, also, I guess I've um, lived in Australia longer now than what I have in, in Greece. And so I, um, I feel, um, you know, I'm, I'm not just Greek and I'm not just Australian. I'm definitely a, a blend of Greek Australian. Um, that's a unique blend, um, that I, um, so for me, I guess the place where I belong is that space of, um, having been born in a different country, um, that I will never forget and never, um, and that's so integral to, to my identity. But I'm, I am Australian and I'm really proud of, um, living in a, in a place that, that does celebrate different cultures, um, and, and that I can, you know, experience Asian food when I want to, or I can connect, um, with Indigenous heritage, um, from the first Australians. Um, I can go to the museum and I can see that look and learn about the history of immigration to this country. So I think um, the dance, yeah, it's something that is personal and is um, it's something that always raises questions for me. Um, but in terms of my work, I really, um, I'm trying to bridge that, um, that gap for kids who do have um, an interest in, in Greek culture and, and um, the people, the places, and helping them see the positive aspects of, of, of Greece, particularly because in the recent years it, the economic crisis has has been difficult um, for people to um, hear, hear the positives about Greece. They, they always hear the negatives in terms of the the economic crisis and the, the, the debt bailout and... Um, some of the rioting that's happened in the country. Um, and so I wanted to develop books that had, that celebrated the positive aspects of, of Greek, um, people and places. And so my book is set on, on my first book, Catch That Cat, is set on the Greek island of Kithira where, where my family on both sides have originated. And I wanted kids to see that, you know, they're, they're part of a community and it's really the, the people and the places that make a community. So how can they connect with their own community and feel a part of the community? And I do that through the vehicle of a cat called Aphrodite mm. who run, runs away from home and on her adventures meets people and goes to different places, but, but she always comes home. So it's that that universal theme of the, there's no place like home and home really is where you feel um, where you belong 
in in essence. And then this is yeah, this is uh, your first book, right? You've written two books: Catch That Cat and uh, Trip to Greece. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So Trip to Greece um, was developed for 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 children going to um, to Greece for a holiday, uh, a summer holiday, and uh, it's an activity book that the children can complete on the plane or in Greece. It looks at um, it's got different drawing, writing activities, some keywords in, um, to learn, and it also um, so it's bilingual. Uh, it's got Greek and English, and it um, it just helps kids to do something or to to take notice of their environment when the, when they're in Greece. By the same token. Even if they're not going to Greece for a holiday, you know, they can actually learn about what it's like to go and visit in summer. There's photographs of different locations in Greece and, um, you know, how to order food from a menu, um, the different beaches, you know, the pebbly beaches or the, the sandy beaches. So they can do some observations and, and respond via um, some drawing and writing activities. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 fast. So I, I'm still I'm still curious about this because once you start writing this child, uh, this you know children's book, I guess I'm curious about the journey. I always love digging into the journey of of any entrepreneur or any professional. What led you down the path of writing, and how did you become this expert on multicultural children? Was there a turning point? Uh, was it something that someone said to you that sparked your journey towards this uh, arena? Uh, there were, I guess, two main reasons. The first one is I, when I used to visit Kithira in summer, I was always, I never saw a children's book for sale at the souvenir shops, and I thought it was a missed opportunity. It was, you know, books are such easy things to carry in a suitcase and bring back as a present, and I thought it'd, it'd be nice for kids to. Um, to be able to have a bit of a, a memento or receive a, a book about the place where they've originated or um, or this part of Greece they can learn more about if they're, a, you know, a tourist. Um, and the second reason was because um, growing up, you know, I didn't have a book to learn about my cultural um, place of origin, so I thought it was important to do that for other kids. Um, to create practical real life resources that they could um, could use um, and enjoy, and you know, a book is such a lovely bonding experience between a, a parent and a child, or a grandparent and a, and a, a grandchild. So, I mm-hmm. thought um, that was something I really wanted to to develop and experiment with. And yeah, it's been a lovely. It was my first book got such a lovely reception. A lot of people got behind it and embraced it. And um, and then my second book, I really saw um, an opportunity for for kids learning Greek in Australia. There were there were no sort of um, activity books that they could maybe use at school um, that had that had been developed by a Greek Australian. A lot of the books they used to learn Greek. Um, is they come from overseas, from Greece usually, and so I wanted to to kind of 
experiment with developing a practical resource that, that um, kids learning Greek in, in sort of school environments could use. Um, but my re- most recent project is I've, I've, um, I grew up in a city called Brisbane um, and I've, I've moved to Melbourne, um, which is the, which has the largest Greek population um, outside of Greece. So it's um, in terms of the cities that have Greek people, it's, it's, um, it's the second largest um, city um, outside of Greece. So there's so many Greek people around that um, you hear Greek very prominently in um, the streets. Um, there's a lot of Greek restaurants, a lot of um, activities for, for, for people who want to connect with their Greek heritage. Yeah. And I've come because I wanted to approach. Um, I've come to do my PhD, looking at children of Greek heritage and how they feel about um, being Greek in Australia, and how they see their culture moving forward as the generations progress in Melbourne. So I'll be doing digital stories with kids, where I'll be getting them to make their own little videos about how they um, how they connect with being Greek yeah. and doing interviews with family members, um, you know, taking video footage of any um, events that they go to and making a little personal story that will showcase in an exhibition and also in a, in a book that um, they can keep as a memento nice. of the project. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of what, what you're doing. Um, I think it's important for, for kids and I think it's important for parents, uh, especially um, ones that that are curious about figuring out to navigate, you know, these uh, the cultural uh, dynamics of of the multicultural world that we live in today. Your books, yeah, yeah, Amazon, right? That's where we can find your books or on your website. The best way is my my website. It's uh, catchthatcat dot com. Catchthatcat dot com. Um, and and, and yeah. I, I actually I'm looking at your website right now. Um, order cast that cat, and I'm seeing you reading that to kids, and I can see all the kids engrossed in the book. Now, how did you come up with the title "Cast That Cat"? Well, I wanted something um, catchy, I guess. Oh, um, you like wanted something catchy, so you created catch <laughs> that cat. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I wanted something that, that that phrase catch that cat's repeated throughout the book. So it, you know, it's, the book's really it's a picture book pitched at kids between the age of three and eight. Um, so it's got that uh, repetition. And I uh, there's all you know whoever's been to a Greek island knows there's cats everywhere. Usually at the restaurants, you know, uh, walking around. So it's an animal that you will see when you visit Greece and. Um, and I, the story was inspired by my auntie had a cat that she had brought from Athens to, to Kithra on a summer vacation and she was going to leave the cat on the island to become a, an island cat. So I was just interested in this cat's transition being cooped up in an apartment building to moving to this island, you know, f- having free reign, going on adventures and, and so, um, the cat, uh, her cat was called Cinnamon in in Greek, and I just observed her, and she was a beautiful looking cat. She was white with these beautiful ginger blotches, and and that's in um, 
that's the inspiration for for the book. Um, you know, me watching her and um, and just seeing how she was a bit of a magnet too for people who would come and you know want to pat her and she had a, a definite personality. Um, so that yeah, that's how the book, the first book, um, came about. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I love it. And before we wrap up here, can you share your most surprising lesson that you've learned from these deep personal connections that you've, uh, you know, you've created as you've written these books and gone on to read to all these amazing kids all over the world? Uh, my most personal connection? Yeah, the most surprising things that you've learned from all, creating all these personal <laughs> connections with kids all over the world. Oh, I think kids get it. Kids, um, you know, if they do have a different, um, they they understand that people are different, have different um, cultural, um, I guess, nuance nuances. They um, they are they understand that there are there is difference in the world, um, and they also understand that it can be a a, a source of such joy. To be able to be proud of your your own heritage, and um, and I think that that pride is essential to really a healthy identity formation. Um, so um, those opportunities that we create as adults for kids to connect with different cultures in a positive way is just. Uh, key to to building tolerant societies yeah 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 100% we're talking to Melina and she is someone that empowers children to connect with their community and culture background she encourages children to learn and uh, gain greater insight into the world we live in and she helps organizations encourage positive relations across diverse multicultural communities that last part that I just read helping organizations encourage positive relationships across diverse multicultural communities. I run a diversity and inclusion firm, so I'm very curious about how you do that with organizations. Um, you, um, I guess you need to make yourself known and, and, and show, um, showcase the offering and how you can add value to those organizations. So, I've, for example, my books I've donated to some refugee shelters, so some new immigrants coming in so they can have some resources and actually though it's a picture book they're using it to teach adults English in those centers so I think um, and that most of these refugees are, are coming from um, sort of Syria Afghanistan areas the Middle East so I think it's um, yeah it's it's you need to 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 seek out those organizations that are receptive to the type of work you're doing um, and have those similar shared ideas. And, and also, um, I think doing events is really key. So any, um, being a presence at any festivals or, um, libraries, um, doing book readings and, um, that raises questions and gets people's interest in, in the type of work you're doing and spreading the word. Yeah. 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 This reminds, it just connects to an early point you said self-awareness is key. And understanding um, who we are, how we respond to differences, and 
why we should still be ourselves despite those differences is very important. And then I love how you provide education opportunities and then you present the offer to them. And then, um, you know, people can go from there. Organizations can go from there. Uh, as, as, as we, as we um, get to the last half of this, or last third of this interview, tell me something about Greece that not many people know. I know people see Greece, they say, Opa! Or they, they do the, or, you know, Sisterhood of Traveling Pants, one of my favorite movies. I did say that out loud. Yes, it is one of my favorite <laughs> movies, the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants. But, you know, and Mamma Mia is another good movie. But, but all these movies um, show Greece either in, you know, the uh, Greek mythology uh, type of format or, you know, this destination type wedding um, romantic getaways. But what about Greece do you want people to know? Mm-hmm. Oh, look, there's a saying in Greece, it's um, called philotimo, it's a word, it's F-I-L-O-T-I-M-I, so, sorry, I-M-O, um, and it's, it means, it's a really hard word to define, but it, it actually, when you go to Greece, you experience it because it's a, it's a, it's hospitality, it's someone opening up themselves to their home or to their their family and and um, with open arms and re- helping you if you need help um, and um, it's something that um, it's a trait I think that you see in a lot of cultures but it's really um, embedded in 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 the Greek psyche um, and I've experienced that in Greece many times. Um, and I, it, it, it's sort of, in Greece, it's funny, it's a different, um, you have to expect the unexpected because things don't work like clockwork as in probably in America or Australia. Um, it just, you go with the flow in Greece, you know, you, and so, if if you run into a, a situation where you need some help or something's not working or you've missed your plane or your flight, um, it's amazing who comes to the rescue in Greece. So there's always a way. There's always a, a solution. And that, to me, is what um, I guess I'm probably one of – when I think of being Greek, it's one of the, the traits that I'm really most proud of, of inheriting. Yeah. Um, is that sense of um, openness and willingness to be kind. Yeah, no, and then you can go with the flow, obviously, um, and adapt quickly, it appears. <laughs> you have to, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you would definitely do well in New York with that trait. Um, at the, <laughs> the last question I have is my mission statement, use your difference to make a difference. I ask my guests this all the time. So how do you, Melina, use your difference to make a difference? Oh, well, I think it's through education, mm. through educating children to be, um, I guess, um, not to be better citizens, but to be, um, t- to be, um, proud of who they are and of what good they can impart to the world and, um, with those they come in contact with every day. And what examples, what, um, you know, they can be for others um, in their communities 
So I think it's it's for me yeah, educating through books obviously is the way that I I make a difference. There you have it. Melina Mao is using her difference to make a difference by educating through books. We've been talking for the last uh, 40 minutes or so to Melina, who is a bilingual author of two children's books, Catch That Cat and Trip to Greece. We'll make sure to put all that in the show notes. And, um, you know, thank you for really spending time to show us what it's like to connect in a positive way uh, to, to your country or your culture of heritage. I really appreciate that. You're very welcome. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Likewise, likewise, likewise. And ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.